What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be going through some of the top sell high trade targets heading into week eight of the NFL season. So not saying you guys need to trade these players, I just think an opportunity could have kind of opened up here. There's a decent window to sell high on these guys. Maybe I think they're going to regress, or maybe I just think they're a little bit overvalued at this point in the season. But for whatever reason, I would just kind of, you know, send some offers out there, see if someone's willing to overplay for these players. Just the way it kind of played out, a lot of running backs here. I believe it's actually going to be entirely running backs. So we'll see if you guys can kind of sell high on some of these RBs. Let's just dive right into the first one. We're going to start off with James Cook here. So we actually saw James Cook have a nice day. He's separated himself from Latavius Murray in terms of the opportunities, but not the snaps. So he had 13 carries, three targets. That was James Cook. Latavius Murray only had four carries and two targets. So James Cook, 16 opportunities to Murray six, completely blew him away in that department. But James Cook only ended up playing five more snaps, and then he ran just two more routes than Latavius Murray. So I definitely wouldn't say this is a situation where James Cook has like completely reclaimed the backfield after a really even split last week. I think there's still some things kind of up in the air here, but solid overall day, 56 rushing yards, three receptions for 46 yards and a receiving touchdown, 19.2 PPR points. So this is why I think he's a sell high here coming off a really, really nice game. And I just think rest of season, James Cook's ceiling is very, very capped. And I also don't feel like he has that much safety in his role either, right? Like if someone's not going to have a ton of ceiling, you want them to be pretty safe week to week and rest of season. If they're not super safe, you'd like them to have some sort of ceiling. I don't really know if James Cook has either at this point, because kind of heading into the season, you assumed he wasn't going to be in there getting the goal line work. That was kind of expected. He'd probably be getting a lot of the receiving opportunities in between the 20s, you know, but they might opt to go with a bigger running back when they got on the goal line. And that has followed us into the season. That is true. But he is also not getting the two-minute drill work, which I think is something that a lot of people, including myself, thought that he would have locked in heading into the season. And so if he's not getting the goal line work or the uh, two-minute drill snaps, that is not a great look. We saw Latavius Murray take all four snaps on the goal line, and then he took all six snaps with the two-minute drills. And overall, it's just not a great look that James Cook is like struggling to pull away from a 33-year-old Latavius Murray, especially just with that two-minute drill thing. That's the that's the craziest part for me. Like this is a very, you know, old, out of his prime running back here in Latavius Murray. You've got James Cook, a second round pick in his second NFL season. He should be pulling away in this backfield just looking at his competition. It hasn't happened yet. If he continues with the usage he had in this game, just based on the opportunities, he'll probably be a solid running back two rest of season. But I just think he lacks the upside without those goal line opportunities, without being super involved as a pass catcher. I think he's lacking that RB1 upside. And I also think there's routes for this to turn into a pretty solid split. Maybe they also bring in a third running back. We saw them like to use three running backs early on when they had uh, Damian Harris healthy. So I just think if you can pivot off of James Cook, it's kind of tough to trade for running backs in this range because there's not a lot of those like locked in, super confident, mid to back end RB2s. I think Joe Mixon is a guy I'd be looking at. Mixon's been pretty disappointing fantasy wise, but his usage has been great. His workloads have been solid. He just hasn't gotten into the end zone. So Mixon is a target I'd be looking after. And then if you can't get Mixon, I think it's worth kind of trying to tear up to one of these fringe RB1s or maybe even a locked in RB1 at this point. Now, like I said, we're going to stick around at the running back position and we have Rashad White up next. And I just think looking at Rashad White here with this Bucks team, I feel like he has maxed out his current role in this offense. Like what he's had through the first seven weeks of the season, 
I kind of feel like he's peaked in terms of his usage. In this backfield, he's dominating the snaps, he's dominating the routes, he's dominating the carries. He's averaging 13.8 carries and 3.8 targets per game. So that's a very, very solid workload. And that workload has only led to 11.5 PPR points per game. The ground game, I mean, for Rashad White and the Bucks in general, has just been brutal. And now you can make an argument that it's the offensive line, maybe it's the offensive coordinator, maybe it's Rashad White, but something is clearly not working here. Rashad White is averaging 3.2 yards per carry. Personally, I feel like it's probably a blend of um, everything. We saw Rashad White was pretty inefficient last year, but they also had some offensive problems, especially on the ground. And not only is this a super low yards per carry number, he really hasn't even had like one solid game. His best yard per carry game is 4.3, which is probably like a low average for someone over an entire season. So it's not even like he's had one really kind of standout performance that gives you some hope moving forward. And so I just think that it's much more likely that Rashad White starts to lose some work. I don't think he's played at a high enough level where he's like locked into this large workload rest of season. So I think it's more likely his workload starts to slip than it would be for the Buccaneers to all of a sudden turn into like a really efficient rushing offense. I just don't see that happening. I do see the opportunity for Rashad White to start to lose opportunities here. He's coming off a 15.9 PPR point game. Nice sell high opportunity. Like I said with James Cook, I do think Cook is in a way higher tier than Rashad White, but I'd be looking to try to tier up into like that higher end RB2 range, not trying to mess around with a lot of these like back end RB2s. That's kind of the guys we're trying to trade in this video. And then another running back here is going to be Najee Harris. And I just feel like this is the opportunity to pretty much like get anything for Najee, right? His value had completely tanked. You probably drafted him third, fourth round. He had done absolutely nothing, believe, prior to this game. He was averaging under seven PPR points per game. And he comes out, has a solid day, 14 carries, 53 rushing yards, a touchdown, three receptions for 15 receiving yards, 15.8 PPR points. The thing is like, Nothing dramatic changed with his usage. It's not like he was playing way more snaps than Jalen Warren or he had newfound receiving role. Like it just didn't happen. He just got into the end zone. This is his pretty typical stat line so far this season. You just throw a touchdown on there. So I'm not really expecting much to change with Najee moving forward. I feel like he's probably going to continue to be pretty inefficient on the ground. It's tough to see him eating into Jalen Warren's receiving workload. That's what you wanted from Najee heading into the season. We saw it his rookie year. He had a ton of volume as a pass catcher. That did not follow him into year two. It has not followed him here into year three. And I doubt that Warren's going to give that role up considering he's been pretty solid as a pass catcher. And then even though we saw both Najee and Warren get into the end zone, I still just think the touchdown upside on this offense is going to be limited, especially now if we're giving Jalen Warren opportunities in the red zone. Like that's also a hit to Najee. So I'm just not super optimistic that Najee's going to be someone you actually want in your lineup week to week. Like I'm pretty sure I actually had him as a sit in my start sit rankings, which is pretty tough to do at the uh, running back position just with how thin it is. I'm just not super optimistic with him moving forward. I think ideally, like I said with Rashad White, you're probably trying to send a two for one to tear up either to the running back position or maybe a pivot somewhere else, get a wide receiver, quarterback, tight end, whatever it might be. And then the fourth and final running back here in this video is going to be Jerome Ford. And I do just want to throw it out there that him leaving with an ankle injury could definitely kind of ruin this buy window because obviously if he's missing some time, you're not going to get much for him at this point. But if it is a minor injury, he's day-to-day, -day, whatever, I would definitely look to sell high. He had a solid stat line, 11 carries, 74 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, caught two passes for 20 receiving yards. That all adds up to 17.4 PPR points, 
when we dig a little bit deeper here, 69 of his 74 rushing yards came on his single touchdown run. So outside of that, you had 10 carries for five yards. Not great. Now, obviously those points count, which is what you want here. You, he broke off that huge play. Here's where you're able to capitalize. The Browns just continued to use a locked-in running back by committee here. Kareem Hunt saw 10 carries. Pierre Strong saw eight. I just said uh, Jerome Ford saw 11. So three dudes were involved in this backfield. Now Ford did leave in the fourth quarter, so those might be a little skewy, but it's not like he didn't play a huge chunk of this game. And then we didn't see Jerome Ford get any of the three goal line snaps, which is obviously not great. You want that touchdown upside especially in some sort of split here on a Browns offense that hasn't necessarily been great. So I think if Ford stays healthy, right, he's good to go heading into week eight. I still think he'll be a solid like weekly RB3, but those are just not players that are really going to win you your leagues. If someone's going to pay up and view him as like a running back too, I think you just get off of him at that price coming off a big game. I think Javante Williams is someone I'd be looking to target. I think he's interesting. Um, I think if you're on a contending team, James Conner could be interesting, right? If you have Jerome Ford, maybe you picked him up off of waivers, had him as a handcuff, you send him off for James Conner. Obviously, you're going to lose in the short term because you're not getting that RB production, but James Conner comes back, um, assuming he's you know good to go in a few weeks coming off of that knee injury, then he could be a nice uh, high-end running back two rest of season. So those are some guys I'd kind of be uh, you know sending out offers for. But that is going to wrap it up for the four sell-high running backs. James Cook, Rashad White, Najee Harris, Jerome Ford, kind of trying to pivot off of those mid-to-back-end RB2s, RB3 territory guys. Not a ton of week-to-week consistency. All their roles feel very, very fragile. So if people are going to overreact to a solid performance, these guys getting into the end zone, I would be looking to pivot off of them. Thank you guys all for stopping by. If you want to see the uh, buy low players, that video is already up on my channel. Same thing with the waiver wire targets. Thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.